Welcome to the Linting from Lent podcast brought to you by Shambly Methodist Church. I'm Eric Lee, one of the pastors. And I'm Stacy Rushing, the other pastor. We're excited to join you on this journey for a seven episode podcast where we are going to be discovering joy and Lent together. And our inspiration for this podcast is a book by Max O. Vincent, Because of This I Rejoice. We hope you will all pick up a copy and join us in this conversation. So Eric, let's get started. Hey, welcome to the fourth episode of our podcast, Linting from Lent for Shambly Methodist. I'm Pastor Eric and got Pastor Stacy with me, as well as one of our new church members, Kim Nigro. Uh, we're thankful to have Kim in this conversation as we look at chapter three of the book that we've been reading together. Because of this, I rejoice, and the chapter is about joyful humility. So I look forward to having a conversation with Stacy and Kim and with you all about this topic. So I thought we'd jump right into the book today. Um, There are some great quotes from Max in this book and some great examples of humility. And I think one of the hard things for me about humility are there's so many different ways you can think about it. But on page 56, he says that humility is doing anything to honor. He says doing anything to honor God gives that task dignity and purpose. Thus, nothing is beneath us. And so his point is that humility leads us to take on tasks uh, everything we do with honor and dignity for God. And sometimes it leads us to take on tasks that we would otherwise think might be beneath us. And so I thought that's an interesting way to frame humility, being willing to do everything because everything can honor God. Yeah. I, it made me think of a time um, early in my adulthood before I was a pastor, I participated uh, in a weekend retreat called walk to Emmaus, fairly common particularly in the Methodist church. And um, you can go as a participant and then in subsequent weekends, you can go and serve help. Um, And there's lots of different ways that you can help. But um, among those ways, there are lay people, church members who are uh, asked to be the leader of the weekend. And, And it's a quite an involved event. A lot of work goes into it in preparation and execution and follow up. And so for a lay person as a volunteer to be the lay leader really requires a lot from them. And I've observed as I participated in these events and these weekends, these walk to Emmaus events, uh, that that lay leader was somebody who was held in high esteem by the people, um, greatly appreciated. They, they really worked hard and, um, and it's acknowledged at the end of the weekend. And, you know, they're sort of honored, appreciated and that kind of stuff as you would expect. But, after serving on a um, team, a walk to Emmaus team, I had been a cabin servant. That was my role, which means you help do a lot of the grunt work behind the scenes, like cleaning the toilets and, and cleaning up the rooms and making the beds. And, um, and I observed uh, a tradition in this particular community, this walk to Emmaus community that was really meaningful for me. And it was that when someone was a lay leader and had you know served in that way and led, the next time that there was a walk, happening, that person served as a cabin servant. So they essentially went from being the lay leader, the one who was in charge of it all, um, sort of the name and face in a lot of ways to it. The next time they served, they went right back to kind of the bottom and and helped clean the toilets and um, clean up the trash and make the beds. And so when I served as a cabin servant, one of the people that I was serving with, unbeknownst to me, until we got almost into the, the weekend, he was like, oh yeah, last walk, I was the lay leader. Uh, and, and so I was just, it I, again, as a as a 
Christian just coming into a mature adult understanding of the faith sort of, it really impressed upon me um, that there are practices that we put in our lives and in our church and in our communities of faith uh, that, that can remind us of the place that humility has uh, in our faith. And, and I saw him do it with such joy. And so just to hear that comment, Stacey, about, um, you know, there's no task that we can't do to honor God. Anything we do to honor God has dignity uh, and importance. And, and I, got, I got a taste of that and, and what that looks like for community to do that. I love that. And it reminds me that, that when we talk about humility, it's kind of a, can touch on a lot of other areas. I know, Kim, you were saying this chapter is really pulling in some things we've already discussed and some things that'll be a theme for future weeks. I wonder if you'd share a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I think um, anytime you're talking about humility in this way and joyful humility, um, it, it's like Eric, we were talking earlier, it's, it's this internal, something inside of you that's, that's, that's giving you this um, desire to put others above, above yourself. And, and then when we're looking at that externally, what, what, the ways that we see that is we, we see people who are uh, serving or doing these other things. And, and when people do serve, um, I think that's when we then can see a, a witness for the church. Like some of my, when I think of humility, I often think of the churches in El Salvador that were living in these areas of extreme poverty and um, the pastors and the church members there, rather than focusing on their own needs um, and, and just you know, looking internally to the church, they actually would reach out to their community and uh, try to put the needs of others um, above theirs and, and seeking what is needed in the community. And by doing that, by reaching out, helping with home gardens, helping with these other physical needs, um, then they were really able to be a witness um, to what God was doing in the church and kind of be a light in the community. So I think that, that those, the humility and the service and the witness all kind of uh, go together here. Yeah, there's kind of a symbiotic relationship there that just listening to you talk about that, Kim, makes me think, you know, that, that humility as an attitude or something inside of us, it manifests outside of us in acts of service or witnessing to our faith. But, but then I think it's true the other way around, right? Like as we spend the time to attend to the needs of others or care and, and to be with people where they are, um, I, I think that engenders some humility in us, right? Some humbleness of spirit. It, it's, that's cool. Like you're so spot on. It's cool how they, how they relate. Yeah, and, and when we were talking, one of the things that struck me was the the idea that the word compassion means to suffer with. And as you were saying, if, if we enter into these uh, relationships of compassion where we're we're uh, suffering with others, it putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations that we can't always solve. Um, like for me, I think about visiting um, immigrants who are in detention or people in prison. Um, or providing hospitality when you can't really solve these bigger issues necessarily by yourself, but you can walk alongside people, be with them in their suffering. Um, and then the more you do that, I think the more you uh, start to get a sense of that humility, understanding the importance of that. Um, 
And once you're changed, you want to do it more. It's kind of this, like you said, it's kind of, it's all symbiotic. <laughs> you know, it strikes me that humility is sometimes a very hard trait to cultivate because you have to walk a razor thin edge, right? If you try to cultivate humility, oftentimes you will not be humble. You will humble brag, right? <laughs> you might talk about how great you are or you might get into that great- I, I saw you looking at me, Stacey. I'm sorry, sorry, no, I wasn't looking at anyone. <laughs> because I've told you before how humble I am. Exactly. Right. That's why you clean the toilets at the church. <laughs> Little note back, Kim. Little note back. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. We appreciate that. Here to serve. But, you know, the more intentional you are, the harder it is. But sometimes just by living in a way where you don't try to be humble at all, you can be the most humble. Or I even think about as a kid when I was trying to learn about the, the faith trait and practice of, of humility, I thought what I was supposed to do was to diminish myself to make myself as small as possible, to never say that I did anything good because a humble person would never have any good virtues. But what I'm hearing in this conversation and what y'all shared sounds like the exact opposite of that. It's, it's using that giftedness for others. And in that you portray the humility. You don't boast in what you have, but it's definitely engages gifts that God's given you. Yeah. It's the difference between humility and humiliation, right? Like that that putting yourself down or diminishing yourself um, to me is more akin to humiliation, mm. which is not the spiritual practice, not the joyful spiritual practice, but it's, it's more that sense of humility. Um, and, and you see where you fit, you, you find where you contribute and participate in the work of the body of Christ. Um, but Kim, like you were saying, and, and it's not necessarily something you do to, or a way to live to fix people's problems or to change their circumstances. It's, it, it's compassion is to be with them. Um, like Max brought out, which I, I thought was so cool because, right. If you think about the passion of the Christ in the sense that we use that term in the church, then, you know, the passion is his suffering um, and the passion of the Christ and compassion would mean to commune with, to be with um, folks in their suffering um, it, it, it doesn't, that doesn't diminish you, you know, um, it, it actually is very important. And, and that role you play is very important and very meaningful. Um, but it, it may not garner a lot of attention or get you a lot of accolades or, Yes. Letters by your name, Stacy, like we've talked about. <laughs> What's that Reverend doctor? For, yeah. Thank you very much. I was again, just fishing for that. Um, but right. That, that's one of the, I think that's one of the cool things about our faith is that, you know, living out that uh, humility with joy may not get accolades or praise, um, but it's the vital work of our faith. But don't you think it gets attention? Cause I mean, I'm just thinking, the example you pointed to, Kim, about the churches in El Salvador and just how opposite that is of our human inclination. Aaron, you, Eric, you mentioned it earlier, um, we we try to avoid suffering. Like it's, it's, no one reaches for a hot stove if they know what's coming, right? You don't want that. It is hardwired into us to keep ourselves safe and comfortable and to avoid suffering. And yet the very thing that our faith requires of us is this compassion to stand in suffering with people. And I think when people do that, it is so surprising 
in a good way to people around us that folks start saying like, I have to know what's going on there. I love that Max talked about humility, not just how we cultivate it personally, but corporately. I've never thought about corporate humility, but the thought that like a whole grouping of people can choose that lifestyle. Well, I think that's like you said, it. it's when we're called to be set apart. And I think how Paul says it is to work out our salvation. It's not that we're, we're getting ourselves saved by doing these things, but that we are um, working out by working out our salvation. It's, it's, it's showing that we are saved and, and, and displaying that in these acts that we're doing. And, and it makes, um, I think, I think in the book, they talk about how these acts of humility corporately can actually strengthen the Christian unity. And I think that people see that. I mean, they recognize that when you see a group of people um, coming together, you know, to do something for the glory of God, to reach out to others, um, people see that and they wonder like, you know, why are they doing that? Wow, they're so like unified and, and, and joyful in doing these tasks. And they can be even just, you know, small tasks or things you don't think about. One of the things uh, we had mission teams that came to El Salvador to help dig latrines. I mean, talk about humility. You're spending all day sweating, you know, digging holes that people are one day going to defecate in, you know, and these are just like, I mean, these are, it's kind of an extreme example of that, but it, it just, it makes me think of that. And, but by doing that, the community, the whole community around you says, who are these people? Why are they doing this? Why are they out here, you know, singing in the rain, digging latrines? Like, what is it? And it, and it really draws people in to, um, to want to know who God is and to, and to maybe explore that more. That's such a great example. I think on page 60, I underlined this quote because it was talking about unity and humility. He says, Paul calls us to humble ourselves, not only before those we like, who think like us or who practice faith, their faith the way we do. Paul calls us to humble ourselves before those who annoy us, who have habits that disturb us or who have a different viewpoint than ours. Humility puts the interest of others before self-interest. And Kim, I was thinking as you were talking, and, and I connect this back to Eric, to what you said at the beginning of the podcast with the Emmaus walk. Like when you find yourself shoulder to shoulder digging that latrine with someone, or when you're scrubbing those toilet bowls with someone, it doesn't matter in that moment what differences you have in theology or viewpoint or politics. Like that shared experience of service almost trumps every other difference you can come up with. And somehow that, you know, you can find yourselves, especially in faith communities, being friends with people who are wildly different than you. And it's because that humility and those acts of service and that witness that that's happened between you is more significant than any other smaller thing that could divide you. Yeah. And I think there's something about getting to the most base and, and maybe at times um, painful or most human parts of all of us and our experiences um, to be willing to go to those places with one another and for one another. Um, like you say, Stacy, it, it, it can remove a lot of the other things that would divide us and, and instead it unifies us, Kim, that we, um, we find who we really are. Mm -hmm. 
who each of us really is as a child of God and um, sort of get to the heart of our identity, our existence and, um, and our connection to each other. And, and I, I think there's something to be said for finding it in those lowest moments, potentially, or in those moments of greatest need, um, not only ours, but each other's. Yeah, and Paul says we get to do this as mm. Christians, right? That he says you get to su- you get to experience the suffering as if it's a good thing. But I think that, it, I mean, it is in the sense that we've been talking that we've been talking about. It's it's this um, honor that we get to, uh, you know, work work and do God's work, help to do God's work where we are. Yeah, I'm, I'm still with this whole corporate humility that I'm, you know, I agree, Stacey, that's, that'll make you think for a minute. Um, and then how, how that unifies us and, and what a witness it is to the community uh, where we find ourselves. I've, I've had conversations with people in the church before, and this is where I, I think one of the questions in the book was like, where has the church gone wrong or, you know, where have we missed our opportunity? And, um, and I've, I've had conversations with people in the church before talking about our church and, you know, saying, Hey, we're first United Methodist church of such and such town or whatever that, you know, that, that brings some respect and notoriety and prominence that we should lift up. Uh, and, and we want to be the highest steeple in town. And it's, I get a sense sometimes where this, this very thing, our faith that would be humbling within us and, and give us humble spirits, that it can become a matter of pride and um, status, you know, that, that we, we take this faith that is about humility and, and, and can make it about status and saying, we're, we're the first United Methodist church. Um, and, I guess it just, it relates for me with also that, how we avoid suffering and and not only ours, but the suffering of other people, you know, how we'll even move and live somewhere where, you know, the, there's greater affluence and, you know, better schools. And we, we just, we, we look for ways to avoid suffering at all costs and we can do it corporately. And then we, all of a sudden we've built a church around it and, and all the while missed I think what is the point of this passage in Philippians and, uh, and what Max is writing about in this book. So I, I think for Shambly, like how, how can we as a community, how can we as a community of faith, how can we as a group practice this corporate humility? I think it'd be a great topic to explore. I love that. I think those are perfect words for us to end our time on a challenge to us uh, and a reminder from Kim that this is work we get to do. <laughs> this is where we get to do a Shambly UMC. Like that, that is joyful. Even if it means digging a latrine or scrubbing the toilet, we, we might become the first church of toilet scrubbers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kim, I think this is the first episode of this podcast where you've spent so much time talking about <laughs> Uh, defecation and, and yeah, I was, well, I mean, it's humility, so you know. <laughs> but you know, it's a profound reminder because there's some jobs no one wants to be responsible for. <laughs> Stacey, before we sign off, are you going to tell us a story around you know latrines or toilets or anything that would tie oh, in? No, <laughs> I'm still working on being more humble. Eric. There's got to be something about changing diapers. I'm sure there's something in there that. Oh, I mean, kids will make you humble. Oh, for sure. There's plenty of stories about kids humbling me and 
professional settings where I was trying to look, you know, mature and adult and, <laughs> and then kids <laughs> and then diapers. <laughs> many a time, many a time. <laughs> well, if it's okay, I want to close this out with a prayer. And thank you again, Kim, for spending this time with us. It's, just, it's so good to be in conversation with you and with Eric and just think aloud about this stuff. It's such a blessing. So let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the joy that you bring into our lives. And thank you for the needed reminder today that anything that we do in our daily lives, any way that we choose to put others before self is glorifying you, no matter how big or how small the task. God, thank you for creating spaces where we can have deep conversation with other disciples, where we can talk about how your word is playing out in our world today and where we can challenge each other to see the world in a new way. God, help us find joy in all that we do. Help us to be eager to serve you and to serve others. And God, may our humility become a witness, not of us, but of you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Kim. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Linting from Lent, brought to you by Shambly Methodist Church. Uh, There'll be a new episode that'll drop every Wednesday between now and Easter. So be sure and check back and listen in. And there's also some other things you can do to be a part of this conversation. Stacy, what else can they do? Well, if you want to know more about because of this I rejoice either the book or if you want to keep the discussion going with a small group at Shambly UMC, you can check out our episode notes and click on the link. Be sure and come back next Wednesday and pick up in this conversation about how we're discovering joy this Lent season. Bye-bye. Bye.